Amen. Can the church say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Have a seat if you can. Have a seat. Well, good morning. Come on, good morning. Man, we're glad you're here this morning. My name is Doug, and I'm the East Campus Pastor here, and we are thrilled, especially if it's your first time, that you've come to join us this Easter Sunday morning. I don't know about you, but I love Easter. I love everything it's about, especially when I was a kid. Anybody, when you were a kid, you loved Easter. I mean, you loved it. Come on. Anybody? Now, we probably loved it for all the wrong reasons, right? I loved Easter as a kid. In fact, I loved Easter. One reason was because it was that time of the year where I got to get something that I probably shouldn't have, and my mom loved to give it to me, and I love candy. Anybody else love candy? Yeah, I love it. My favorite Easter candy was the hollowed-out chocolate Easter bunny. Can I get an amen on that one? Yeah, that was my favorite candy. In fact, is there any adult that was your favorite candy? Any adult, that was your favorite? Okay, brother, come on up here if you would. Come on up here. I can't come back to you. I have a hollowed out chocolate Easter bunny for you. I only ate the bottom half off. No, I'm just kidding. It's just for you. All right, there you go. There you go. So, so yeah, I loved Easter because I loved the candy. I also loved Easter because of the egg hunts. My, I, have a, I have a brother and a sister and I have a lot of cousins and my family would like plant all these eggs, like hundreds of eggs in our yard and, and probably out of hundreds of eggs that were, that were laid out in our yard to hunt for, only about 20 or 30 of them had money in them. And so we would all get into the living room and all grab our Easter baskets. And my mom would say, okay, you kids ready? Of course, we're all ready to go. They'd open the front door, say, ready, set, go. We'd all run outside to grab as many eggs as we possibly could. Now, I was kind of maybe the smartest out of all of them because I would run out there. My sister, she was like grabbing the pretty little eggs and putting them in the basket and her pretty little dress, and she was walking around. Not me. I was in a dead run. Now, if you notice my size, that was not the easiest thing to do, but I was in a dead run, and I would go, and I would pick up an egg, and I would shake it, and if there was no money in it, I would throw it down, and I'd go the next egg. Anybody else do that? Yeah. I mean, there'd be some Easter's. I would have like three and four dollars worth of quarters. I mean, it was great. And so I loved Easter. I also loved Easter because I, back in the day, back, back, back in the day, I loved to dress up. In fact, I think we have a picture of that. Yeah, this, you may not be able to see it well, but this is my twin sister and myself. And my grandmother made her dress in my suit. And I know what you're thinking right now. Doug looks really good in a blue leisure suit. And you're right. I do. But I loved to dress up back then. I grew out of that, but I loved to dress up back then. Let me tell you another reason I loved Easter. It was the only time of the year that my entire family, you can take it off the screen now. Thank you, Thomas. It was, the time, it was, it was the only time of year that my entire family got together and spent some real time together. I loved Easter. And you may have some really awesome Easter memories, like you may have Easter egg hunt stories or, or candy stories or dressing up stories or family stories, but here's what I want to submit to you this morning is this. Well, all those things are amazing, and I loved every minute of it. None of that is what Easter is about, right? None of that is what Easter is about. In fact, the heartbeat of Easter is this. A dead man came back to life. Can I get an amen on that one? A dead man came back to life. In fact, the fact that Jesus came back from the dead is the foundation of our faith. If Jesus had not risen from the dead after he'd been buried for three days, if he had not come back from the dead, our faith would be in vain. There would be no reason for us to be here today if Jesus had not come back from the dead. Easter is a really, really big deal. Easter is that kind of celebration. Because here's why Easter is so huge for us. Because Jesus came back from the dead, we now can know the forgiveness of God. 
Because Jesus came back from the dead, now we can find peace with God. Because Jesus came back from the dead, now we can finally find ourselves to be in right standing with God through faith and the finished work of Jesus. Easter is a really, really big deal. It's not just any Sunday. It's a big deal. But here's where most of us probably land sometimes. We know it's a big deal. We know that Easter's a big story. But sometimes we forget that. Sometimes life happens, right? Are you with me on that? Life happens. Struggles come our way. Difficult times come our way. Maybe tragedy comes our way. And in those moments, we get so wrapped up in the circumstances of life that we forget the beauty and the power of Easter. Hear me on this today, this morning. Please hear me on this. Easter reminds us of the power of God. See, if he can bring his son back from the grave, he can handle whatever you're going through this morning, right? Easter reminds us of the love of God. Some of you this morning sat there and go, man, if you only knew, Doug, the mistakes I've made, if you only knew the path I've been down, if you only knew how much I broke the heart of God, there's no way God can love me. Easter reminds you that you're never to the point where you're unlovable by God. God always loves you and cares for you. Easter also reminds us that God has a purpose for you. See, there is one story in all of history that can not only change your life, but change your eternity, and it's the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Those who put their faith that Jesus died on a cross, was buried in a grave, and three days later came back to life, it is the only message that can only change your life, but change where you spend eternity. I see all to say this, Easter is a really big deal. Amen. Now, I know some of you maybe this morning you go, man, I, I'm struggling, Doug, because you don't know my story. Well, I want us to do this morning is I want us to look in a story in the Bible. It's in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 24. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there, chapter 24. We're going to read the first 10 verses. And what I want us to do is I want us to look at this first, go all the way back to this first Easter Sunday morning. Let's go all the way back 2,000 plus years ago to this first moment when people went to this empty tomb, and let's see what they experienced and see maybe this morning, can we relate to that? So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. In Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 10, in the honor of reading God's word, would you all just stand with me one more time? If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen. Let me read these verses to us. Here we go. Chapter 24, verse 1 says this, but on the first day of the week, at the early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking spices they had prepared, and they found the stone was rolled away from the tomb. But when they went, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Well, they were perplexed about this. Behold, two men stood before them in dazzling apparel, and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day, and he would rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. And that was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Let's pray. God, I love you, and I pray that in these few short moments we have, that you would bless us this morning, Lord, that you would speak to us and that we would hear your word clear today and that our lives might be impacted by your word. For it's in your precious son's name we pray, amen, amen. You may be seated, you may be seated. Now as we look at this passage, obviously it's a story of the women. 
the women that had gone to the tomb. And I want us to look at a few things in their life. And I just want us to be honest this morning and go, okay, can I resonate with these women? The first thing I want you to notice is found in verse 4 again. It says this, while they were perplexed about this, the empty tomb, behold, two men stood before them in dazzled apparel. The first thing I want you to notice is these women were perplexed, right? They go to the tomb, and the emotion they feel is perplexed. It's the idea of they were worried and they were like at a loss for words. Has anybody ever been at a loss for words? Like something was so tragic, you're like, I don't even know how to put this in context. That's what they were feeling. They were perplexed. In fact, when they went there, what they expected to see is not what they saw. And they found themselves going, this makes no sense, right? Because what did they expect to find? A body. Now, in that day and time, in Jewish culture, when they were doing what they were supposed to do, Jesus dies on a Friday, and in a typical Jewish culture, they would go the next day, and they would put spices on the body to preserve the body, but they couldn't go the next day, because the next day was a Jewish holy day, also known as the Sabbath, so they couldn't go on Saturday, so they went first thing Sunday morning to do that, and they show up on the scene, and here's what they expected. They thought they would get there. They'd probably have to have some help to move this boulder out of the way. And they would go in. They would find the buried body of Jesus. And they would put spices on him to preserve the body. That's what they expected. But is that what they saw? No. And when they get to the tomb, knowing the boulder rolled away, they go in to find the body of Jesus. And he isn't there. And their conclusion is this. They were perplexed. They were worried. They were at a loss for words. What they had experienced versus what they thought they were going to experience made no sense to them. Now, here's why I think that's important for you and I. Because some of you walked through those gates a while ago, and maybe where you find yourself this morning is perplexed. You look at your own heart, and some things have happened in your life. Some difficult times may have come your way. Struggles may come your way. Hardships may have come your way. But where you find yourself this morning is you're at a loss for words. You don't know how to contextualize all the things that are happening to you. In fact, the way you planned out your life to go and you plan things to happen, you look at it and go, this makes no sense. And you find yourself this morning perplexed. Now, let me tell you the danger of being perplexed. The danger is that when we find ourselves at a place where we are perplexed, where we are lost for words, where we are worried, where we are devastated, and where it makes no sense is it hinders our trusting the Lord. See, these women, you think, I, I would have thought when they go to the tomb and they see the body not there, immediately they would have remembered all that Jesus had told them, right? Jesus said this was going to happen. And you think, well, maybe, maybe they would have remembered that. But the reality is they didn't remember that. And they, they were perplexed and their emotions took over. And I'm just saying this this morning. If you find yourselves perplexed, you are possibly greatly hindering your ability to trust God. See, they didn't trust the words of Jesus. They trust what they saw in the moment. And I think we all wrestle with that sometimes. We get so wrapped up into the depth of our emotions, the depth of being perplexed, that we forget to trust God's word. We forget to trust that God loves us, that God cares for us, that he's with us, that he's not going to forsake us, that he's a plan and a purpose for our lives. We get so wrapped up in the emotion of it, we forget, don't we? And maybe this morning, you find yourselves just like these women, and you find yourselves perplexed. Let's look at something else that these women were. In verse 5, it says this. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has 
risen. Now, I know it's one of those verses that we quote and everybody shouts and we're so excited, but if you're the women, this is a rebuke, right? He's rebuking them. These angels, these men show up and they're like, listen, not only were you guys perplexed, but now you're confused, right? Anybody ever been confused in your life? Some of you are directionally challenged. That would be confusion, right? And these women, they were confused and these angels go, why, why are you seeking the living among the dead? In other words, why have you come to a grave to look for something that is alive? You know better than this. You know the story that Jesus told. You know what Jesus told us was going to happen. Why have you come to a place where dead things are looking for something that is alive? Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. You should know that by now. You should know that. But he is Risen. Here's what the angels were telling the women. You ready? You are looking in the wrong places. You've come to where dead things lie, looking for something that is alive. And I just want to challenge us with this this morning, that maybe some of us are like these women, and we too are confused. Maybe some of you came this morning, and you're looking for peace. You're looking for hope. You're looking for joy. You're looking for purpose. You're looking for rest for your soul. And I'm just going to tell you, for many of you, if you're looking for those things, what you found out is you've been looking in all the wrong places, right? You've been looking in what the dead things of the world. What do I mean by dead things? Well, what the world has to offer. You've been looking for the world to satisfy the void of the peace that you're missing or the purpose you're looking for or the hope that you want to have. You're looking for the world to fill those things. And here's what we've all found out. It can't do it, can it? The world doesn't satisfy. We've been looking in the dead places to fill those things. Or some of you have been looking at the dead places of religion. You know what religion is, right? Somehow I've got to be on my best behavior. That if my good outweighs my bad and the scales get tipped, somehow God will look at me and approve of me and I can earn my way into heaven. And I'm telling you, that is a dead end road. Because nobody can earn the way into right standing with God. Nobody can. And for many of us, we are looking in the wrong places to find hope, to find joy, to find peace, to find salvation. We're looking in all the wrong places. We're looking where there's dead things. And here's what I want you to hear me say this morning. It's this. The answers you are looking for are not found in a place, but they are found in a person. Amen? What you're looking for, the peace you're searching for, the hope you're searching for, the joy you're searching for, you are not going to find it with what the world offers. You are not going to find it in religion. You are only going to find it through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only way you're going to find it. And so maybe this morning you're like these women and you're confused. You're looking for it in all the wrong places. Let me give you one more thing that I see in these ladies in verse 6 and 7. It says this. He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee. And the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And on the third day, he would rise. These women were perplexed. They were confused. And ultimately, they were forgetful. They were forgetful. Did you pick up on what he said here? Don't you remember what he told you? See, these ladies here were followers of Christ. But they let tragedy overshadow what they knew. And the angel remind them what they should know. He says, remember, he's going to be handed over to sinful man. He's going to be crucified. And three days later, what's going to happen? He's coming back. You knew this, ladies. Did you forget? 
And the answer would be what? Yes, they did. They were so driven by their emotion in the moment. They were so overwhelmed with the tragedy that they forgot what they knew and they leaned on what they felt. Now hear me on this. When we focus on and lean on how we feel versus what we know, it never goes well for us. When we become driven by our emotions rather than the truth and the good news of Jesus Christ, it will never go good for us. And these ladies leaned on how they felt instead of what they knew. Now, if the story stopped there, we would all say something like this. Wow, they weren't that, they weren't that good of followers of Jesus, were they? I mean, they show up. They, Jesus had already told them the ending of the story. I mean, he already told them how this thing was going to wrap up, right? And they show up, and they're perplexed, and they're confused, and now they find themselves uh, forgetful. But that's not how the story ended for them. In fact, listen how it ended. Look at the very end of uh, the, the passage we read. Verse 8 says this. And after the angel had said these things, verse 8, and they what? They what? Remembered. It says, and they remembered the words, his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven, to all the rest. Now this was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and all the other women who told these things to the apostles. These women who were perplexed, who were confused, who are forgetful, at the end of the story, here's what we find out about them. Now they are faithful. They're faithful. Did you pick up on that? They remembered. All of a sudden, these emotions go away, this hurt goes away, this devastation goes away, and all of a sudden, in that moment, they remembered the words of Jesus. Jesus said this was going to happen. Jesus said he was going to be crucified. Jesus said three days later, he's coming back. All of a sudden, hope comes back into light. All of a sudden, purpose comes back into light. All of a sudden, these ladies remembered everything that Jesus said. And in that moment, the empty tomb now makes sense, right? That was part of the plan. All of a sudden, in that moment where there was confusion, now there's clarity. All of a sudden, in that moment when this story was a sad sob story, they realized, no, it's not a sad story. This is good news that Jesus has come back. They remembered. Everybody say remembered. Remembered. They remembered. And in that moment, their eyes were open, and everything that Jesus had said to them made sense. And it didn't stop with her. Did you pick up on what they did after they remembered? They went and told everybody, right? They remembered what Jesus said, and they were so excited about the good news of the resurrection of Christ. What did they do? They went and immediately went and they told the apostles. They wanted everybody to know that Jesus has come back. Remembering led to action for them. And I just want to say this morning, for those of us that are followers of Jesus Christ, this should be our story too. We need to be like these women. See, there's going to be moments in all of our lives when things happen and it doesn't make sense. Amen? It makes no sense at all. There's going to be moments of devastation in our life. There's going to be moments where we are confused and we are looking to the, in the wrong places to find the hope and the peace that we're looking for. There's going to be moments that we forget the goodness and the greatness of God. But if we will come back and remember the empty tomb, that the grave was empty, it will remind us of the power, the love, and the purpose that God has for us. And so for those of us followers of Christ, we need to be more like these women. For us, Easter needs to be this sense of renewing our passion and renewing our sense of urgency to share the good news of Christ. One of my favorite hymns growing up as a kid, I'm not a big hymn guy, but one of my favorite hymns was the hymn that we sang every Easter. 
and you probably know it, and I'm not going to sing it. I'll just quote it to you. It says, because he lives, I can face what? Tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living just what? Because he lives. Now hear me on this. For those of us that fill this place that call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, we need to be like these women. We're going to have moments of doubt. We're going to have moments of struggle. We're going to have moments of confusion. But when those moments come, there's one place we can go to bring clarity. We can go back to the empty tomb. Because when we go back to the resurrection of Christ, when we go back to what we celebrate on Easter, it reminds us the power of God to do anything he wants to do. It reminds us of the love of God that we are not unlovable, we are not unwanted, he cares for us. And it reminds us of the purpose of God, that every single one of us have a purpose in God's plan. But maybe you're here this morning and say, you know what, Doug, I, I hear you, but I'm not in that believer category. In fact, you may look at yourself and go, I feel like I'm more of a, a skeptic. I hear it. I know the story of Easter, but I feel like I'm kind of a skeptic. Well, listen, in this story, there were skeptics. In fact, listen to this. It won't be on the screen, but listen to this. And they went back to share with the apostles, but these words seemed to the apostles as idle tale. They did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloth by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Listen, when the women go back to the, the disciples, and they share this good news that the tomb had been empty, the power of God, the love of God, the purpose of God had come to full fruition. When they go back, there's only 11 disciples at this point, and 10 of the 11 go, I don't believe you. 10 of the 11 who walked with Jesus, ate with Jesus, slept in the same area that Jesus slept, heard the teachings of Jesus, saw the miracles of Jesus. It's 10 of the same guys who walked, talked, bought in, and gave up everything to go be with Jesus. 10 of those people go, I don't believe it. Skeptics. But then there was one, Peter, who said, I need to check this out for myself. So maybe you're here this morning and you are the skeptic. You're the person going, I know the story of Easter. I know this should be a big deal, but I, Doug, I'm not sure I buy it. Please hear me. Would you at least just go check it out? Would you at least just take a step going, even if you don't buy it this morning? I could tell you too, I'm blue in the face about the power of God to deal in your life because Easter tells me that. I could tell you about the love of God, how we see the love of God through Easter and the, and the, the death, burial, and resurrection. I could tell you about how God has a purpose for your life, but I know that that's not going to convince you, so I'm just asking you, if you're a skeptic, will you just take a step this morning and go, okay, I'm going to check this out for myself. I'm at least going to take a step, and I'm intrigued enough to go, I need to find out for myself if this thing is real. And then you may say, okay, well, Doug, if I'm going to take that step, what do I do? Well, let me give you an easy way to do it. You ready? Come back next week. Because there's one theme that we have in this church that we talk about every week, and it's Jesus. Every week we talk about the goodness, the love, the grace, and the mercy of Christ. Every week we lift up high the name of Jesus. If you have concerns, if you are a skeptic and you're willing to give this thing a shot, I just want to invite you to come back and join us next week. Because next week, I promise you, we'll be inside next week, even though this is amazing out here. We'll be inside next week, and we're still going to talk about the same person we talked about today, and his name is Jesus. But you know why we talk about him all the time? Because he really is the only one that can give you peace. He's the only one that can give you hope that you're looking for. He's the only one that can change your life. And so if you're a skeptic, will you, just, will you commit to at least taking a step? 
going, okay, I'll give, I'll give this thing a shot. I'll, I'll give it a chance. Maybe I'll come back. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're that person that you've been the skeptic. You're the person that goes, you know what? I've heard this story, but today, Doug, I'm ready. Today, Doug, I, I understand the story of Easter. I understand that I may be broken, that I may be, I may be devastated, I may be confused, I may be forgetful, but the story of Easter, I want it to change my life. And if you're this morning that person who goes, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I need Jesus into my life and I'm really ready to make that decision, it's as simple as this. It's as simple as saying, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've said things, done things, and thought things that rebelled against you. But today, I want to surrender my life to you. Today, I want to turn my life over, and I'm asking you to be the boss and the master of my life. And listen to me. Hear me on this. If you will make that decision, in that moment, you ask him into your life, your eternity will be changed. Your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. In that moment, you can have the assurance of knowing that when you leave this world, you will spend eternity with him in heaven forever. And if you're ready, there is no better day. There's no more beautiful day than there is today. Scripture says that we are not guaranteed tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. And if you're ready and you've never made that decision, will you make that this morning? Seriously, what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask everybody, if you would, if you would just stand with me. Everybody stand up if you would. Everybody stand with every head bowed and every eye closed. Nobody looking around. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to challenge all of us this morning. Nobody looking around. If you're a believer and you'd be honest enough to say, Doug, you know what? I needed Easter this year. These last 12 months have been terrible. I've lost my passion. I've lost my urgency. And today I need to be reminded of the empty tomb so that I can have a renewed sense of passion, a renewed sense of urgency, a renewed sense of purpose that I possess a message that can change people's lives. If that's you and you're a believer and today you say, I needed Easter and I want to be like these women who remember and then go tell the world about it, would you just slip your hand up? Nobody's going to look around, just me. Slip your hand. If you want to be that person, slip it up, put it right back on. Amen. And maybe that person here today say, okay, Doug, I'm the skeptic, but I'm willing to take that chance. I mean, I'm telling you, you will never, ever do too much that you can ever get beyond the grace of God. You will never run far enough, fast enough, or do enough wrong that God will ever write you off. So would you just give him a chance? Because here's what I know about my God. He never disappoints. He never disappoints. So would you take that step? And maybe this morning there's somebody here that says, Doug, I'm the one that's ready. I'm the one that said, I need Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And I'm ready to pray that prayer. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Nobody's looking around. I'm just going to pray for you. I'm not going to pinpoint you, call you out. I just want to pray for you. Put your hand up and slide it right back down. Amen. 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 If that's you, would you just simply say this, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I hand my life over to you. And Jesus, I ask you to be the Lord and the master of my life. Forgive me my sins. Change me from the inside out. And if you pray that, he, he did exactly what you asked him to do. So this Easter, believer, skeptic, or new believer, would you be faithful to respond as the Lord might lead you? God, I love you. I thank you for this holy moment that we've had. This moment that we are able to declare that Jesus was 
Not in the tomb, but he is risen. And the fact that he is risen changes everything. We now can have that forgiveness. We can now find peace. We can now be in right staying with you, Lord. As a believer, we should want to shout with every fiber of our being, excited that Jesus is no longer dead, but he is alive. It changes everything for us. But God, this morning, I pray for the skeptic. I pray they wouldn't just come back a year from now, but they would give you a shot. Because God, I know you never disappoint. I know that you will show up and show out in such a powerful way that it will change their heart. So God, may those skeptics take those first steps. May those who just prayed that prayer of salvation a moment ago, may they let us know that. May they, may they come in with excitement, with enthusiasm, say, today I gave my life to Christ. God, we need you in this hour. We need you in this moment. And may we all be faithful to, be, to respond as you've led us. God, we thank you. We thank you for the empty tomb. We thank you for a cross that demonstrates the depth and the width of your love for us. God, I pray that there's nothing more in our hearts this morning than a deep, deep, deep gratitude for all that you've done for us. God, we love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for all that you've done. For it's in your precious son's name we pray. Everybody said amen. Let's worship together.